2022, Team Milk came together by sponsoring female marathon runners for the marathon in New York City. Today, they're more than 20,000 strong. In 2024, Team Milk is making an even bigger commitment to female runners and launching the only women's marathon in the U.S., designed for and by women. The inaugural Every Woman's Marathon will take place in Savannah, Georgia on November 16, 2024. You can learn more and register for the marathon at everywomansmarathon.com. Hey, I'm Sam Sanders, and you're listening to Intuit from Vulture. Happy Thanksgiving. Quite possibly my favorite American holiday. I like it. Anywho, this year, one thing to be grateful for might be all the celebrity memoirs we have been blessed with in 2022. I mean, there are so many. Bono, Matthew Perry, Viola Davis, Minnie Driver, Molly Shannon, and my favorite, Tunde from Peloton. They all put out memoirs this year. And my guest this week, she argues that actually a lot of celebrity memoirs are good. She will tell us why and also recommend a little celebrity memoir reading for the holiday season. Here you go. So uh, before we get started, tell our listeners who you are. Give yourself the most self-aggrandizing title you possibly can. Wow, 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 wow. Okay, um, <laughs> I would love to. My name is Chelsea Devantes. I am a television writer. I'm a film director. I'm a comedian. Sometimes I'm in stuff. And don't worry, I also have a podcast. Um, and I'm the host of the podcast Celebrity Book Club, where we recap celebrity memoirs, usually women's, because they are the juicier books and the better books. And then um, in my day job, I write television. You are, as the kids say, booked and busy. I'm booked and busy. My cow is real full. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, um, we're going to talk to you about celebrity memoirs, and I'm going to be quite honest and tell you how this chat came to be. We were in a pitch meeting one week, and I was like, you know what? We're supposed to cover all things popular culture, and we do a lot of movies and a lot of TV and a lot of music. But you know what? Books are culture, too. I love books. I love libraries. I was a, I was that five-year-old who they were like, she's an advanced reader. And I was like, everyone, I'm an advanced reader. Celebrity memoirs are my favorite book genre, and that's what happens when your nearest bookstore growing up is a Walmart. Um, <laughs> but they are truly treasure troves of of information that I feel like we've yeah. cast off, but they're they're good. Oh, yeah. And, you know, like, they're hit or miss. Some are great and some are not great. Oh, and so we're going to yes. talk more about some of the highs and lows of this year of Celebrity Memoir. But first, we have to play a game. Every week on the show, we start off the episode with a game called Into It, Not Into It. Yeah. We're going to play a very special edition of Into It, Not Into It, where we're going to go through some wacky celebrity Christmas and holiday traditions. And you will mm -hmm. tell me if you were into these traditions or not. Be honest, okay? All right, I'm ready. All of these celebrity holiday traditions were compiled by the authorities over at Us Weekly. <laughs> the first one is a Christmas tradition from Reese Witherspoon. She told the BBC in 2008 that one of her holiday traditions with her children included dressing up her Oscar trophy. 
She said, quote, at Christmas time, they put a little hat on him and a little scarf so he doesn't get cold. Into that or not into that? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, okay. I have to say, I, I'm, I'm a split down the middle, not into it, okay. into it. I'm not into it. Because really? That's a that's real insane narcissist class president Tracy Flick was not a character energy you know um, really just keeping it forefront of your children's minds that these gifts came from mommy's hard earned career Um, so okay so really not into it in that way but into it in that like what else are you supposed to be doing with that Oscar trophy? Do you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah, nothing. Well, nothing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's just like, you know, it's just sitting there. It's just on the mantle. If you have a billion dollars, why not make couture outfits <laughs> in Christmas colors? Wait, it's couture. Now I want to imagine couture. But I Enciaga assume. Oh my God. Her Oscar. <laughs> Maybe that's how I'm into it. If she got Balenciaga mini yes. Oscar Santa hat, I'm out. If yes. she's doing just like some felt from the grocery store glued together. Anywho, Reese, if you ever want to come on the show, you're more than welcome. Please write a memoir. I'll be there. <laughs> All right. Here is the next holiday tradition from a celebrity. Tell me if you're into it or not. This one comes from Blake Lively. She said, quote, in 2014 to the kit. I don't know how my family does this, but everybody gets in the same bed. Somehow we just spend seven hours a day just chatting. It's really nice to have that time. Let me say this. Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds got married on a plantation. And that is the kind of decision making (laughs) they bring to the most important traditions and moments in their lives. And no, I am not about this tradition. Yeah. Are y'all talking about how you regret your wedding? Then maybe I'm into it. They just feel off to me. Like, as a celebrity couple, off, as celebrities, yeah. they feel off. Because Ryan Reynolds, at this point, has more money than God. He's been in a bunch of great movies. But he will sell anything. He went on the Masked Singer South Korea. Like, <laughs> what are you doing, dude? Like, what do you need in your life that's yeah. not present? Hello, everybody. I, uh, I'm so sorry about that song. <laughs> I just can't believe that, like, of all the days to not have your whole family in the bed with you, it's Christmas Day. It's Christmas Day. You've been drinking eggnog. You're eating heavy food. Everyone's on edge because they're having to gift and do this and perform holiday. That's the one day I want no one else in my bed. No one yeah, else. Yeah, I have to say, truly just if bed was swapped for living room, I think I could be more, I think I'd be oh, yeah. more generous towards it. Like, we all crowd in the living room, around the fireplace, in our jammies, drink hot cocoa, and talk. I'd be like, wow, what a shockingly That's healthy nice. family. The fact that y'all are getting into one bed, like, we need to, like, we need right. to send a SWAT team. Get grandma out of that bed. You know her back hurts. <laughs> yes. All right, we're on the same page with that one. Last one for you. This one comes from Jane Seymour. Jane Seymour as Dr. Quinn, medicine woman. Uh, her tradition is, quote, and this one's for Thanksgiving, not for Christmas. Okay. I invite all the exes and the wives and the ex-wives and the children for Thanksgiving. I'm calling it family giving. It's also close friends with their families who we consider family. It will be wonderful. It will be a huge feast with at least 40 people. Okay, well, 
first off, you don't need to call it family giving. Just call it Thanksgiving. That's the holiday there is gathering people at point. your house and there feeding them. Go. Like, yeah. what are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> Secondly, uh, your exes are not your family. The only way I would have been into that tradition if she said, I call over all my husband's exes and my exes, bring them to a Thanksgiving feast and murder them. I'd be like, that's <laughs> dope. <laughs> That would be good. I also would like it if she brought over all the exes and they played like dodgeball, like exes versus current wives, like exes versus currents. That is a Thanksgiving football game I could totally get behind. Hell yeah. Do that. Sam, I have to say, I have a bigger problem with this game, which is how is Mariah Carey not mentioned in the celebrity Christmas tradition game? Because I thought her tradition was lame. We found one that she talked about, and it was just lame. She says, basically, when they're up in Aspen, Colorado, they get one or two horse-drawn sleighs, and they bundle up, and they go riding in the snow under the stars. And I have no notes on that. That's just great. Nothing to fight over. That's not her true tradition. Her true tradition is that every year, starting before Halloween, Mariah Carey begins to edge America on Christmas. Oh, that's true. And she's and she, like, she has these new videos now. It's like yes. crazy. And she's constantly posting, not yet, not yet. And you're like, oh my God, is Mariah Carey jacking us all off for Christmas? And then you get to well, Christmas and she's like, because, it's here. Yeah. It's time. What? I don't know. I'm into that tradition. Forever into Mariah Carey and all of her holiday things. We have to be, right? Uh, 100%. Mariah Carey is Christmas to me. She literally is. Like, Mariah Carey was born in a manger and then died for our sins. Mariah Carey is bigger than Santa Claus. You know what I mean? It's Basically. Like, we don't, like, you know, Santa Claus isn't actually coming. Mariah Carey's coming on Christmas. Mariah Carey's coming. She really is. Well, you know, I'm going to say you won the game and Mariah Carey won the game as well because she always wins. Wow. Thank you so much. It honestly felt like you're giving this win to me reluctantly, but a win is a win and I'll take it. A win is a win. A win is a win is a win. You deserve. You deserve. Thank you. Thank you. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Calling all female runners. It's time to lace up and join Team Milk. Since the 2022 New York City Marathon, Team Milk has sponsored female marathon runners nationwide, providing support and shining a spotlight on their unique stories, perseverance, and drive to go the distance. Why milk? Dairy milk is an excellent nutritional ad for both marathon training and recovery. 
Milk contains 13 essential nutrients, including high-quality protein, making it a crucial component of a training diet. Plus, it's one of the best beverages for hydration, even better than water. The same electrolytes that are added to many of your favorite sports drinks are found naturally in milk. And in 2024, Team Milk is taking the next step to empower female runners by launching the only women's marathon in the U.S. designed for and by women. Built to be accessible, empowering, and community building, the inaugural Every Woman's Marathon will take place in Savannah, Georgia on November 16, 2024. You can learn more and register for the marathon at everywomansmarathon.com. Hey, listeners, before we dive in, I want to give you a heads up. Some of the celebrity memoirs that we're talking about deal with things like addiction and abuse and trauma. So please keep that in mind when you decide to listen. All right, let's get back to it. I guess first question for you. You have a show all about it. You read a lot of them. What got you into celebrity memoirs? Was there a particular book, a particular moment? Yes, I got into them uh, pretty young. I was a teenager when I found Delta Burke's half-style book, half-memoir for sale at a garage sale or a yard sale, I should say. And if you'll remember, uh, Delta Burke you know, big star in designing women, but she caused a huge uproar in America by what? Being a size 10. Wow, were people that. mad. I remember that. Oh, so mad. they were so mad, so vicious towards her. Started my diet last night. You put jelly on them? Yes. Do you have a problem with that? <laughs> You've been on a diet for 12 hours and already you're this cranky? Yes. As a matter of fact, after work, I'll probably be crashing my car into a Taco Bell. And so it's this half style book that's like, well, here's how you apply blue eyeshadow. But the other <laughs> half is like, I really wanted to be an actress and my body didn't fit what, uh, you know, society said it should. And this is how I suffered and struggled through it and came out the other side. And so at the time, I was really struggling um, with disordered eating in my own way in high school. And it was kind of the first thing that I came across that felt very real. Like, it's like, it's just a woman being like, people are telling me that I am hideous and it's really painful. And you're like, yeah, it's so painful to exist outside of like what the standard was in 2002, which I'm pretty sure was uh, a Q-tip with a Paris Hilton wig on it. And so- (laughs) There were these books where I was like, wait a minute, there's so much in these books. There's there's just all these powerful women throughout history talking about, honestly, a lot of really traumatic things they went through in order to have these big, powerful careers. And I learned more about um, dating, assault, breakups, power dynamics, Hmm. getting a job, losing a job in these books than I learned from any other source in my life. So to me, they were always incredible books, but I was aware that 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 because it's especially the female ones they would be branded as like trash literature so i knew that no one respected them um but i they i mean i've just read hundreds throughout the years and the good ones i truly believe will change your life i want to talk about the state of the celebrity memoir industry right now because i feel like it's just getting bigger and bigger every year but first i want to just take some time to talk about your favorite memoirs of the year or the biggest ones. And I feel like we have to start with one that might be one of your favorites and probably the biggest of the year. It's from this uh, actress, Jeanette McCurdy. Yep. Yes. Incredible book. 
So for those who don't know who she is at all, set her up as an idea and then tell us why everyone is obsessed with this book right now because everyone seems to be obsessed with this book. So Janet McCurdy's book is titled I'm Glad My Mom Died, which is such Stop an Stop right there. Stop right there. Yeah, it's like, ooh. That is a book title for the ages. <laughs> a book title for the ages. And so it really grabs you. And what is so special about her book is that um, she really earns the title. Like you might look at it and be like, I disagree with it or I'm uncomfortable or what the hell is that? And by mm-hmm. the end of the book, mm-hmm. you were like, there's no other title for this book. Um, so Jeanette McCurdy was on iCarly. Yeah, that's not cool. So not cool. Nope, nope, nope. What's wrong with you? Why are you so jittery? Because I'm freaking out, man. I'm freaking out! Why? I haven't insulted Freddie in days. Days! I can't take it, Carly. I cannot take it, and the week's only half over. Love it. Classic. Classic Nickelodeon star. And she was a child star, and her mom pushed her into the business. And uh, and the story of how that happened is not only... I mean, had she had a ghostwriter and just told her life story to that ghostwriter, this would have been a, a, a great book. But on top of that, she always wanted to be a writer. And her mom... Hmm. Never let her be a writer because that was a career, quote, for fat girls. And Oh, my God. Yes. (laughs) She was like, only fat, ugly people are writers. Jesus Christ. You need to remain thin and beautiful and be a star, even though Jeanette never wants to be an actress. And so her mom teaches her anorexia when she is 11 years old. Oh, my God. So I'll read uh, a piece of the prologue. So this is okay. this is page one of her beautiful book. And her mom has fallen into a coma because of the struggles she's having with cancer. Mm-hmm. And um, her family is talking to her mom and everyone leaves and she's alone with her mom. And now it's my turn. I wait until everyone else goes down to grab some food so that I can be alone with her. I pull the squeaky chair close to her bed and sit down. I smile. I'm about to bring the big guns. Forget weddings, forget moving home. I've got something more important to offer. Something I'm sure mom cares about more than anything. Mommy, I am so skinny right now. I'm finally down to 89 pounds. Oh my God. I'm in the ICU with my dying mother and the thing I'm sure to get her to wake up is the fact that in those days since mom's been hospitalized, my fear and sadness have morphed into the perfect anorexia motivation cocktail. And finally, I have achieved mom's current goal weight for me, 89 pounds. Oh my God. Um, on top of a whole staple of 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 other things, that there's just so much in the book, but Jeanette wrote her own story. And I will say celebrity memoir aside of any book that writes from a child perspective in first person. It is the most incredible writing from that perspective I've ever taken it. So it's good. It's a good book. Oh, it's incredible. And then on top of that, it's the wildest story of uh, one of the worst moms to ever exist and what she did Mm. to Jeanette to make her a star. What's the, uh, the worst thing that the mom did in the book? Oh, There is so much. She, and, you know, trigger warning for anyone who's listening, she doesn't let Jeanette shower herself alone until she is, um, like, 18 years old and the mom gets cancer again and just can't shower her daughter anymore. She gave her— She would shower the daughter. In the shower with her brother. She wouldn't let her wipe herself um, when she went to the bathroom as a way to keep her as a child. She has so much stuff in the house that the kids have to sleep on Costco gymnasium mats that they bought in the living room. So they're all in. What? Yeah. The mom is 
physically violent towards her dad. And then her dad just lets it happen her whole life. And at the end of the book, she finds out he's not even her real dad. Girl, Um, stop. Yes. Oh, my God. (laughs) I mean, it's just. It's just wild. I, I will say the funniest thing her mom does is that when Jeanette finally starts taking some of her life into her own hands and when she's, um, I think, 18 or 20, she goes on a trip to Hawaii with her boyfriend. And it's she does it behind her mom's back because she's Mormon. She shouldn't be with a boy, right? Um, and so her mom finds out because the Daily Mail posts photographs of Jeanette, quote, unquote, oh gaining God. weight in Hawaii because she's not around her mom to monitor her eating. And her mom writes her these scathing emails. And in one of them, she says, I'm going to get on Vine and become a comedian and steal all your fans. Wow. God damn. It sold out its first printing, which is is not, is really Bonkers. rare for, yeah. And um, well, it's, it's rare like because these publishing houses can estimate really well how much a book's going to sell based on comps and previous performance. They really don't get the numbers wrong. So if it like sells out a first printing, that means it surprised everybody, even the experts. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the first week of the book when everyone's posting how good it is and, you know, I, I, we have like a Facebook group and my Instagram, people were like, I'm trying to get a hold of this book and I cannot find it in bookstores. All right, so that's a good one. Go check it out, listeners. There's another one that's been getting some buzz recently as well that I want to talk about for a sec, if you will. Uh, A celebrity memoir by one Matthew Perry where he seems to dunk on, of all people, Keanu Reeves. What the hell? (laughs) Yeah. Tell me all about this, please. So I will say, I... I, I normally only cover female celebrity memoirs in my podcast for it, it's, you know, sadly in society, we have definitely monetized female trauma. So it's like, you got to share in your books or those books don't sell. However, it does make them better books. They like actually talk about our li- their lives. It is rare for a men's more to be men's really good. <laughs> and it's like, you know, Matthew McConaughey's book is like half poems, maybe about his dad. Like it's rare for them to be like, here's a full book. What I will give Matthew Perry credit for is that it is a good men's more. He goes there. He dishes. Okay. Okay. It is a horrible book. <laughs> right, really? <laughs> he, I, ca- I started counting them. There is no less than a dozen Batman references in this book. He, Can you read me a horrible part of the book? I would love to. All right. So this is a part of the book where he's talking about his first movie ever was with River Phoenix. Um, and he's talking about the death of River Phoenix. Mm-hmm. River was a beautiful man inside and out. Too beautiful for this world, it turned out. It always seems to be the really talented guys who go down. Why is it that the original thinkers like River Phoenix and Heath Ledger die, but Keanu Reeves still walks among us? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) Let me tell you something. I respect Heath Ledger a lot. I've never seen that man as an original thinker. He was a good actor. He's also talking about, you know, Matthew Perry's book is a lot about his struggle with his own addiction. He's talking about two actors who also died from drug use. Like, why are you wishing someone else dead the way Heath and River died? It's so... Also, like, you're coming at, like, um, as my friend Maddie said, the internet's boyfriend. Like, why are you coming at the internet's yeah, boyfriend, do Keanu that. Reeves? Don't do that. Um, See, another- I, I argue that Keanu is not, in fact, the internet's boyfriend. I argue that Keanu just has the best PR team of all time. 
Because there was a moment where we went from, like, not caring at all about Keanu to universally loving that man. I, Someone Sam, was pulling some strings. I hard disagree. Um, really? Because, yes. Okay, I think he just has a good team. No, I didn't care I don't. a thing about him seven years ago, and now I love him because someone told me to. I think it's the internet's boyfriend because I think the internet is who catapulted him forward because, and here's, here's the example I'll cite. So on... Um, oh, sorry. I just went up on the name on, um, uh, uh, call me maybe not call me. Maybe. What's the Ali Wong rom-com? It's oh, 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 always oh, oh, be oh, my oh, maybe oh. always be my maybe, maybe baby always. We know. Okay. They get it. Always be my maybe. Okay. So yes, Ali Wong, uh, you know, has the movie always be my maybe. And she wants all of the like sexy male roles to be played by Asian men. Yeah. And Keanu is part Asian, but it's something he also like struggles with. You know, he didn't really know his dad. It's not how he super identifies, but he is in that movie. When they go Mm -hmm. to do the press tour, Keanu is Mm -hmm. constantly removing himself and standing off to the side to make sure, even though he might be the biggest name there, that all the attention is like on Allie and Randall. And like, you can watch him moving from the center of photos to the outside of them. That is just not someone who screams, I wanted to become relevant okay, for dating okay, a woman fair, my age fair. can i get a pr person to send it out <laughs> he also does this thing where whenever he's asked by female fans to take a picture with them or even other female celebrities uh he'll get close to them but he'll never hold their waist with his arm because he's yeah. like i'm not even going to be out here being accused of a little touch and grab it ain't happening yes okay and to contrast let me read this other part of matthew perry's book okay okay, okay. Okay. Once I felt better, I headed back to California. I wasn't back to normal, but I felt fine. But as I said, I had learned precisely nothing about what was wrong with me. I hadn't learned about AA or how to live a sober life. I'd just gotten off Vicodin. For those of you watching, this was the beginning of season four, the best I ever looked on the show. Still not good enough for Jennifer Aniston, but pretty fucking good. Are you serious? Leave her out of this. There is a through line in the book where he is so mad she never slept with him and he never lets it go. Are you serious? Yes, he's so mad at her. It's like, dude, leave her alone. All right, time for a break. When we come back, we'll talk about why celebrity memoirs are good for our mental and emotional health. No, I, I swear, I mean this. Stay tuned. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So Matthew Perry's book and Jeanette McCurdy's book are very different. One is good. One is bad. One might be art. One is just petty. But is there a unifying theme with these two books and with all celebrity memoirs in general? Um, You know, I think a unifying theme for me is that if you are writing a celebrity memoir, it is because you are a celebrity. You have achieved a some sort of status in our culture, whether it was through your art, your hard work or 
or none of those things, but you, you have achieved <laughs> this place in our culture that we all look to you and you in turn shape our culture back to us by existing. And by opening up the details of your life to us, um, I think that is just such an elevating concept if your book is authentic. It is just such an offering to be able to show like, how did I get here? What's going on? Or what is my personality in Matthew Perry's case? I think it just helps us shape and define our own culture and define ourselves like within the world we're living in to be able to have these people tell us these huge things in life and and how they got to the place where they're at. Yeah. I also just love people who are willing to tell you everything. That's actually a special skill. And like that requires a certain kind of emotional fortitude. I would never tell everybody everything about me. But these celebrities, they just do it. They just do it. Yeah, you know, I will say the the worst memoirs are the ones that are like, uh, like like J-Lo's memoir is really a She never shares anything. Yeah, Yeah. she's just sort of like, "Eh, I'm on tour now. I mean, the whole thing is photos. But- Matthew Perry lists the price of every single thing he's ever bought over the course of of his entire life. Like he's like, my apartment is $20 million. My flight to Switzerland to get drugs was $175,000 private. My flight back was $200,000. I was like, I'm playing the prices right with Matthew's life and I'm having a great time. (laughs) Are certain types of celebrities better at writing celebrity memoirs than other types of celebrities? I mean, I'm probably going to guess the ones that have had addiction issues might be better at it because they got more stories to tell, but I'm wondering what you think. Um, The celebrities who have processed what they've been through. So there are some celebrities Mm. who are like, I want to write a memoir and talk about my life. And you can tell like they have them writing this down for is the first time they've really like put a lot of insight into this. Mm -hmm. And there are other celebrities like, Gabrielle Union or Demi Moore, where they have processed so much of what they went through. So Demi Moore struggled with addiction, what happened with Ashton Kutcher, um, the intergenerational trauma with her mom. She stopped speaking to her mom, then her daughter stopped speaking to her. Like there's just so much and she's processed it all that when she gives it back to you, you're reading this like incredible story and you get like, you Mm -hmm. get incredible takeaways, but also the fact that Ashton Kutcher doesn't believe in alcoholism. He believes it's a choice. Um, Oh my goodness. Okay. Um, you know, those are the ones that write the best books. And the ones that write the worst books are the ones that are typically like, I want to up my fame. And so I will spill like Priyanka Chopra. However, I still love treating it. I still love treating it. <laughs> Priyanka Chopra <laughs> has a tattoo on her wrist that says daddy's little girl. Lil. Ew. L-I-L. Something about her. She exists in this weird, uncanny valley of celebrity. Like, yes thousand percent and i can't put my finger on it but whenever i see her doing anything i'm just kind of like that, that doesn't feel quite right i just i can't i can't help but think that that's why i loved reading the book because you realize that like she was miss india and then they were like you should be a pop star can she sing no, no. did they try for years yes Whew. okay next question for you Why does it feel like there are more celebrity memoirs out now than ever before? Am I right to feel that way or am I wrong? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I think our culture is shifting to want more truth and authenticity. And I think some celebrities really paved the way. Uh, I'm going to say Jessica Simpson, Gabrielle Union, Demi Moore, where they proved that you really could talk about tough things that we have previously not allowed women, especially, but um, celebrity women to talk about pre- 
before. Um, so before, it's like when Anne Hesch writes a memoir about abuse and trauma in Hollywood, she's outcast, yeah. you know, as someone, oh, yeah. someone truly called crazy. Then these women came forward and said, like, no, I am going to talk about, like, what happened with John Mayer. I am going to talk about Tommy Mottola ruining my career. Mariah Carey's book did it as well. And I think and the audiobook proved, of that was amazing. Oh, Mariah's amazing. audiobook, my God, chef's kiss. Um, yes, totally. And so I know a lot of people are like, oh, my God, so many celebrity memoirs. But I think it's a really positive thing. I think especially for the women writing their books, like, usually it's journalists telling these women's stories for them um mm -hmm. usually men and it's usually really shitty especially like if you're a minority and i think it's like they're gonna tell their own stories now i think it helps reclaim the narrative for really everyone yeah well and and it it also can sometimes serve to normalize a type of sharing that is like good for everybody you know it's like the older i get the more i realize like ah, oh, the fewer secrets you have the better you feel and if celebrity memoirs move our culture to a place that's more confessional and sharing, I think it's better overall for our mental and emotional health. Yeah, I completely agree. So what we've decided in this conversation is that celebrity memoirs are good for the culture, good for our hearts, and good for our souls. Damn it. <laughs> Yeah, and you know what? It's easy reading usually, y'all. You know what I mean? If you're like, oh, I can't be reading a book. This is a good little foray in. You know, someone yeah. like Jeanette set the bar high, but Matthew Perry's coming low. Come you on. know, coming for the ride. This he, is a, does he this repeat is like himself a perfect constantly? Airplane genre. Yes, it yeah. really is. It really is. Yeah. All right, last question for you. Who do you most want to write a celebrity memoir who has not written one yet? Rihanna. And why? <gasps> Rihanna! Oh, See, my I, God. I, I'm going to say no. I, I think she was too high to remember anything of the last 10 years. <gasps> Sam, how dare you? I <laughs> she disagree. She has been stoned for a while. You know what, though? I, I think maybe she's going to bring us the ultimate truth. Also, never forget what happened with Chris Brown. Like, uh, to have yeah. her write about that, she's running a company. She said no to these music publishing houses, just tearing her down. She didn't let Drake take her power at an awards show. Like yeah. she's got stuff to bring us. That's true. That's true. Oh, you know what? And also I Sandra Bullock who dated a, who married a Nazi. I I, I would like that book oh, as well. Yeah. Did she know he was a Nazi when she no, married him? Because you could see know. it kind of be like, I don't know. Listen, Ugh, anyone who did the blind side, I question your judgment anyway. <laughs> Listen, questionable judgment, but I on the on the nile on the dial of blindside to Nazi, I'd like to believe she well, I that. would like to believe yeah. she divorced him because she found out. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's true. Chelsea, thank you so much for spreading the good word, the gospel of the celebrity memoir. I hope you have a wonderful holiday season and rest of your year. And come back on sometime soon to talk about more celebrity bullshit. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, listen, I have a PhD in celebrity bullshit, and I'll be back anytime with my dissertations. Thanks again to comedian and TV writer Chelsea Devantes. She's the host of the podcast Celebrity Book Club. All right, Into It is hosted by me, Sam Sanders. The show is produced by Janae West, Travis Larchuk, Gabby Grossman, and Jelani Carter. Our fearless editor is Jordana Hochman. Our engineer is Daniel Turek. Our music is composed by Breakmaster Cylinder. And Hannah Rosen is the editorial director of audio at New York Magazine. 
All right, listeners, we are back next Thursday with a new episode. Until then, happy Thanksgiving. And remember, you don't have to eat turkey unless you want to. It's a tough, rough, dry bird. And you might deserve better. Why do you run? Why does anyone? I always thought that runners loved running. And that's not the case. Most runners hate running. (laughs) But they choose to do it. In the new docu-series Running Sucks, brought to you by Team Milk, Abby Ayers learns why women runners everywhere are driven to go the distance. It really is about taking my power back and proving myself wrong. Team Milk is about fueling women's performance and helping them along their marathon journeys. You can sign up now for the inaugural Every Woman's Marathon, taking place in Savannah, Georgia, on November 16th, 2024. Learn more and register at everywomansmarathon.com.